previously on My Best Friend's Journal. There will be no boring in this podcast. We, that is your job, Cam, to skip all of that. Is H a study abroad friend? Yeah, yeah, we were roommates in London. We were uh, poor sharing uh, five roommates in a two-bedroom. There was a bunk bed in my room and also a queen bed, and I got the queen bed. Honestly, some of the worst drama I've ever been a part of. That roommate who was like, you're an awful friend, get out of my life, pretty oh, much. Oh, shit. Then I came back to my room. Argentina was miserable, as always. So hard to live like this. C-Day, annoyed to do all of... I'm always annoyed. Uh, well, you were annoyed to do all of Argentina's bingos. Yeah, finally went to the gym. It's probably the 30th time I've mentioned it and the first time I've gone. Uh. <laughs> for better or worse, Weebo's mind is there. I mean, it's it's for worse because she's a huge racist. <laughs> You've described her multiple times as sharp as a tack. She, mean, yeah. She's an old lady that's, she's got her shit together. Yes, like to the detriment of society, she does. <laughs> Years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called My Best Friend's Journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. Should we switch seats at some point? Ew. Oh my God. <laughs> It's just a suggestion to shake things up. Your oh no, I I like things a certain way. You do. Do you know me at all? I guess not. Nobody uh, knows me at all. The weepies, I think. That's a random one. Hey, hi everyone. <laughs> Welcome to my best friend's journal. I'm Cam. I'm Mike, and this is a still podcast. my best friend's journal. <laughs> they know what it is. They click. This is your weekly awkward introduction. <laughs> To this podcast, <laughs> Mike's flailing about, unplugging things. I rip my, uh, I rip my wire out of my headphones like four times every recording. It's because you have big gay flounces every time you try to speak. <laughs> yep, you're my flounciest friend. Um, hey, guess what? What? I'm a real gay. We all know, but why this week? <laughs> because I finally watched Beaches. <gasps> awesome, life changing. Uh, honestly really fucking good yeah it's it's a classic for a reason yeah i uh i went on this really big hike on saturday and i was gone all day and really worn out um and so all i wanted to do was sit on the couch after my bath and <laughs> we're gonna call you lifestyle cam that when you're talking about your epsom salt baths and your wine and your i mean you just described it to a t turned off the lights lit a candle <laughs> i just like really kind of vegged you were living bathtub. your best lifestyle cam life I, I absolutely was i love 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 nothing more than an evening at home with an a evening gown <laughs> an evening gown a caftan no i love to put on my soft clothes and sit in for a night i'm i'm kind of a homebody especially after i've been out all day i, I feel like it. i've really earned it you know yeah um i love to go on an adventure and then spend the evening in that's my like ideal sure. like self-care day and, and you were with friends so you're probably mentally exhausted and physically exhausted and yeah. i was attacking you like all day because i couldn't get service oh. or sorry you couldn't get service and i needed your help i got to like halfway up this hike and we turned a corner and i got one bar of lte and all of a sudden my phone in my pockets goes i was like oh fuck either something there peter has an emergency or mike needs me for something and i looked at my phone and it was all mike it was like 47 messages but podcast emergency 
<laughs> emergency. I was like, I picked a really good booger. Should we talk about it on the podcast? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I I wanted a, a comfy evening in, and I went and I was just looking what was available on HBO uh, on HBO Go, and lo and behold, Beaches was right there. We talked so much about it recently, mm-hmm. and so um, I was like, you know, Peter was sitting next to me. I was like, Have you ever seen Beaches? He's like. Of course I've fucking seen Beaches. I love that movie. Did you know him at all? (laughs) I I didn't know that he had seen Beaches. Neither did I know that he loved it. So we put it on and I was in it. First of all, Bette Midler's a fucking treasure. We knew that already. We'll talk about that in a second. But I really have to mention the fact the other woman, her counterpart in that movie, don't know her name, could not pick her out of a crowd (laughs) right now after having completed the movie. I feel like she's the most generic face i've ever seen every scene she was in i was like is that a new actress oh that's <laughs> offensive um you're not wrong though because I, I i can't picture her myself right now but i think that's just that comes with co-starring with bet midler she's such a force you know and yeah. the characters like the whole deal is like yeah the stardom versus this woman's like you know fading into the background so i guess it's all kind of the point yeah you're really right about that that's a really a, a good um observation but Bet is a fucking tour de force. She's just every scene she's in, she's just larger than life. I don't know. It's I don't know why it is. She's indefinable, but she is a gay icon for a reason. Just like you got the shares and the Barbara Streisands and all the old school gay icons, and then we have, you know, the Gagas and the Britney Spears and like the Judy Garland and I mean she's one of the old <laughs> Get back in your Epsom I, bath. I was I was continuing your previous list. Sorry. Anyway, my point is fine. what makes these women uh so alluring to gay men? We all like there's I think there's so much that goes into it. I, gay men are just very much and for good reason attracted to and drawn to strong women. Mm-hmm. Um Bette Midler specifically, she started her entire career Singing in bathhouses. Oh my goodness. The gays like supported her very early in her career. My understanding is that in the 70s, in bathhouses, they would put like a, a stage or like a room where there'd be like some entertainment and <gasps> she would be the person that, and she's in this- between the entertainment. <laughs> uh-huh mm-hmm. uh, and she was the the entertainment and the the gays really like loved her and supported her and, and glommed on and like kind of helped lift her up like you said uh recently the gay dollar is powerful get the gays on board and you you got a career <laughs> i mean especially in the entertainment space in, like the 70s in new york you know you needed the gays they ran they ran that city. okay sure so i get the the bet midler rise but uh-huh. like what what is it about did did gaga start in bathhouses too <laughs> like, no it's it, it is it is strong women it is women that uh that have gay men in their life that support them. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like it, uh, there's, there's so many things working for them, but you, you look at uh, specifically the old ones. Let's look at like Cher and Judy and um, Barbara, Barbara. These are imperfect women. You look at Bette Midler, her voice is, is not perfect. I mean, it is not traditionally perfect, but she is so confident and she is, uh, she is a star in that way. I, 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 I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said it's these supportive women that were supporting all these gay men and like, oh, sure, we, yeah. which is interesting because there's a very ugly history of misogyny in the gay community. And oh yeah, for sure. It's like strained to have this dichotomy. I guess it's, I don't know. We it's it's complicated, but it's it, it is fascinating for sure to understand like how these women have risen from just like movie stardom or musical stardom to like full gay icon. That is a very limited list of specific women, and I think it's all there's something that gay men are attracted to about women that are not traditionally what 
They're not norm conforming. Yes. Th- thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, what is how how do I say this? But they they are blazing trails, hmm. and they are fucking superstars, despite the fact that they are they have Barbara Streisand's nose. Or they have no 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 that, that's a that's a huge thing. Mike gave me the look like don't say that. But she she talked for for or, you know she talks very openly about how early in her career people are like you you need to have a nose job before so you can be a star. And she was like no I'm not going to do that. They said that she looked too Jewish and she just refused to change how she looked. And look at her now, she's on Oprah talking about how she changes colors of flowers with the power of her mind. <laughs> Okay, well, that's, that's a ten-year-old reference. Of, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a multitude of reasons. It's no one thing. It's the same with any other gay stereotype, right? Lots of, not all, but lots of gay men like musical theater and like dancing and like I don't know things that we associate with gayness. But like, why? What is the thing that allures so many gays? We'll never know. I well, I think there are people that study it. They're sociologists, and you should go take a class. <laughs> okay, guess I should go read a book. <laughs> Maybe crack a fucking book. Um, it is almost what I consider to be Bette Midler season, actually, because it's almost Halloween time, and that is Hocus Pocus time. Bette Midler season. I love that movie so much. I love Hocus Pocus. That's another kind of gay thing, right? It totally is. But, I mean, think the about the people of- that are in that movie. Oh, yeah. I got Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy and Jimmy, Bette Midler. Yeah. And they are all, like, gay kinds in their own right. And also, it's, like, super draggy. Like, I think that's fun, too. Yes. It's And, and, and it's musical theatery. Yeah. Campy, yeah, yeah it's got oh, all the. God, it's so good. All these, I don't know. I'll ask a sociologist why these factors are gay. It's camp, but um, <laughs> can I tell you? What? Speaking of Bette Midler, I saw who's her. speaking of Bette Midler. Have we talked about her yet? <laughs> I can keep this up for a minute. Uh, saw her in Hello Dolly a couple years ago on mm-hmm. Broadway during the the song Hello Dolly when they welcome her back to town. They had to repeat a verse of the song because the standing ovation was so intense and she did one of these where she like put her finger in the air and like let's do it again and they went back like they had obviously it's it, strangely the same motion you uh did when you were talking about your doctor fingering your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing that back. Uh, it wasn't a finger, it was a swab. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she said let's do it again. They had obviously Why did that mother have a swab on stage? <laughs> fucking hate you <laughs> anyway you have to tell us you're going back to new york for your birthday so if you see any more you're not gonna see hello dolly again is it still playing no i think it's closed okay no i'm seeing two broadway shows i'm gonna see moulin rouge which just opened very don't say it with a french accent Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> um gonna see that gonna see mean girls oh fun very excited about that and then the piece de resistance i'm going to see brandy carlisle at mm. madison square garden She's a force. Talk about a gay icon. Is she one yet? She should be. She fucking is. Yes. She's like queen of the lesbians right now. New movie. Next summer. Queen of the lesbians. Coming to a Home Depot near you. Cam. (laughs) (laughs) Misogyny in the gay community. Okay. (laughs) Moving right along. I am so obsessed with her. I am what can only be described as a mega fan. I adore her. I see her every chance I get. You've turned me on to her too. She's great yeah she's playing at walt disney concert hall here in la in october and we are going that's dreams come i just true. got chills down my back i can't fucking wait um anyway that's a lot about me what <laughs> well we're also let's make it about us we're going to disney and we're gonna go around halloween time sorry you just said disney concert hall reminded me that we are going oh yeah um and i'm really hoping to see that they do a, like a reenactment of hocus pocus or like a villain's show where they oh sing. jesus bringing that full circle really yeah i um but like that's all I want to see when we're there. I just want to hear the book. That's Yahoo. <laughs> you just look. 
get so confused. What just happened? Whatever, you know what I mean? She, where Bette Midler like calls her magic book and yeah. a little singy. I didn't know they chant. did that. That's so fun. Uh, anything else going on in your life we need to talk about before we get into the journal? Nothing we need to talk about, but I can tell you that I'm going to go to the dentist for the first time. For the first uh, time? Ever. No, for the first time in a long time on... How like, long are we talking? Over a year. How long over a year? Maybe nine years over a year. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> not that much um i probably a couple years ago but i am a very i have i'm very religious about my oral routine and <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we know you're not that i'm always doing it on my knees <laughs> <laughs> oh religious okay I get it. uh-huh. that's like the third knee religious joke i've made so proud of yourself you put your hands on your hips when i dip you dip we dip um i floss as regularly as a journal that is to say Every day. I mean, congratulations. You got to go Pat get myself on the shoulder. No, you need x-rays. You need a teeth cleaning. You know, okay, sure. Yes. They I can't understand. get the tartar off the back of your teeth. They're going to fucking chisel that shit off. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I love going to the dentist. Okay. I refuse to end this intro talking about dental hygiene. <laughs> anyway, I well, I'll report back. I hope I don't have any problems. And if I do, I'm going to have to get a second opinion because I have been made very aware that sometimes they're trying to bamboozle you into, you know, buying shit you don't need i once went to the dentist and the one and only time i went to the dentist she was like you have some pre-cavities i was like huh went to another dentist they were like nope not at all that dentist was trying to trying to run up your insurance yeah yeah that'll happen i i mean it can happen in any industry but i've heard dentists specifically uh will tell you that you have you need dental work done so they can charge you more sometimes so you got to be careful i personally like an old dentist i trust them more I grew up with a man mm. that was near death as my dentist. <laughs> he was so old. What? <laughs> he, he, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't that old, but as a kid, he seemed like he was like father time. Um, but I loved him. And he was 35. <laughs> my entire family went to him and he was the best. That's what I grew up with. And now I prefer an old dentist. Just makes me feel safe. You're not going to get swindled by an old dentist. They're not that quick. I don't know. Bringing it back to Weibo. She's an old lady who will swindle you. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> She knows people like blindly trust her because of her age. And so she's like, I'm just a little old lady. I couldn't possibly do it. She brings so, so much shit to Cuba. Like always just like goods that they can't get there. And I'm always like, what else do you bring in? Because I think you can get away with it. And I think she knows that. She, you have painted such a picture of your old grandma. She's like a, a racist swindler. And yet like so, so sweet in her own way. <laughs> we, I love her very, very much. But she, yeah, she can be, she can be tough. All right. Well, I think the time has come. Will you give me the journal, please? Oh, yeah. Just sit right there. I've got this trick I use. (laughs) Still Yahoo. What is her thing? How does she do it? (laughs) Oh, wow. That is very close. That was much closer than I remember. All right. November 10th. Before we get into the journal, just a quick programming note. You will notice this episode starts on November 10th. Last episode ended around November 1st or so. <laughs> we cut out nine solid days of boring shit. They sucked, so <laughs> we spared you some dental hygiene and Starbucks trips. You did give me permission at the beginning of this project to skip the boring shit, so. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we made the right call, I promise you. All right, onwards. November 10th, 2013. November 10th. Nope, nothing. I keep I keep doing that. I'm like, why does that day remind me of something? Something happens on every fucking day. Yep. <laughs> uh, sounds like an auspicious date. Um, okay, it was a C day. You helped set up the art auction. Ooh. Getting... Then you helped with the auction. Ooh, yeah. Super easy, extra money. Yeah, bitch. Guess I can't beat him, join him. Yeah. 
Uh, left for my quizzes. You spelled quizzes wrong. What does quizzes. that mean? Uh, as <laughs> like with an e. Argentina should do. You said Q-U-I-Z-E-S. Hmm, nice. In an earlier episode, I was like, Argentina is shirking off his duties on me and getting doing this side gig and making money. And now I'm doing, I'm making money too, but the right way. And I'm like, and I leave when I have to go do the other obligations I have. Mm-hmm. I prioritize. Just, you're on your high horse right now? <gasps> yeah. Casey Musgraves. Love her. Me too. I love that song. Yeah, is she a gay icon in the making? She is. uh, She's very country, and that's not. But Taylor Swift is. uh, Hello, Brandi Carlisle. True. You're right. You're right. Um, I I shouldn't lump that together. Dolly Parton. You are totally right. Reba McIntyre. I take it back. (laughs) (laughs) She is in the making. If she keeps down this path that she's on, she will absolutely be a gay icon. She has a big gay following for (laughs) sure. It's a great Um, album. Yeah, it is. I don't love country, but I guess I got to retract that statement because I do love. Brandy Carlisle's she album is, and she is folk though, like Brandy Carlisle's folk Americana. Brandy's she's folk. not actually Casey country. is country. She is country. She's talking about horses and Elvis. Yeah, spacey Casey. Would you consider Elvis country? Um, he was like everything, which was his whole thing, right? He's yeah. rock. He's R and B. He's yeah. He, he like kind of he was kind of that country rock. R and B. I guess he was back when that's what R and B was. R- rhythm and blues. Yeah. True rhythm and blues. Uh, hot take. Can't stand Elvis. I think that's reasonable. Is it? Yeah. I feel like it's, well, maybe it's because I grew up in Indiana. I feel like it's, uh, not even that that's the South, but it, I feel like everyone just has a innate respect for him and his music. Mm. He, I'm sure he did amazing things for, that's probably indisputable about, like, for the music industry. He's just, oh, God, his music really bums me the fuck out. Although, you know, that is fair. But also, um, I'm sure he did do amazing things, but he and... The Beatles and all these like white dudes that we um, that are huge icons got so much of their stuff from like black music at the time. Hello, and got all the credit for Eminem it. Eminem lyric. Hey, I'm not the first king of controversy. I am the worst things I'm Elvis Presley to do black music so selfishly and use it to get myself wealthy. He, he's he's the biggest person since Elvis to use black music to make himself wealthy. Is the Eminem lyric? That's interesting, and that's not the exact. The, that is the exact lyric. <laughs> now wrap it wrap it for us, a la Eminem. Uh, Use black music to make himself wealthy. Something <laughs> to make him wealthy. <laughs> to make him wealthy. That's a never-ending theme in America. No, that's that's absolutely true. Um, so it's so probably good that you don't have you don't hold him in the same high regard. <laughs> he, One less person. Yeah, he just exhausts me. Uh, November eleventh, you were in Gibraltar, UK. Um, this is gonna sound really ignorant. I didn't realize Gibraltar was UK. It's not ignorant. A lot of these things. Uh, this. So many facts about so many places, and you often don't realize them until you are confronted with them. How can we know everything? I guess so. Um, where is Gibraltar? It is on... The Strait of Gibraltar. I'm like, let me tell you about it. I know exactly. I turn around to look at Cam's map. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it's the southern tip. It's right across from Morocco. That's what I was going to say. I couldn't I couldn't exactly pinpoint where it was, but I know you can... The whole thing is you, you can, can see, see Africa. Africa. Yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. Africa from my house. <laughs> I... Honestly, I had no idea that was a UK territory. That's crazy. I don't think I knew that until I went either. Okay. Also, it just, like, Gibraltar, the Rock of Gibraltar, just feels like one of those legendary epic things that's not real anyway. It's it like Atlantis. Sure does. Um, so, it must be very English in Gibraltar, though, because you ate at the Clipper Pub and had a full English. Breakfast? Yeah. You still love a full English. Oh, I love it to this day. There was a little uh, pizza place when I lived in London. Kick always laughs at me when I say I lived in London because I paid rent there and I was there for four months studying abroad, but Ooh. they love me. I know. It's, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, no, they're right. They're right to um, not appreciate uh-huh. my, when I lived in London. 
when you stay there for four months. I my opinion is if you pay rent, you can claim living somewhere. I was there longer than I was ever in Virginia, and I lived in Virginia. But nobody gawks at that because it's Virginia, so who cares? You also went back to Virginia like 14 times. 14 times. Three, which is too many. <laughs> anyway, uh, there was a little tiny pizza place, but in the morning they did full English breakfasts, but just like the two menu items. You can get pizza after five, and you can get English breakfast until then. Oh, yeah. You know what else I love that the English do? You're, you're not going to care about either of these things. But they, they keep their foreskin. I love that. <sighs> they do, they're, they're smart. <laughs> you know what else the English do? They don't mutilate the genitals of their baby boys i know it's fucking great uh no i was going to keep talking about breakfast though um so am i <laughs> <laughs> that's why your breath smells like dick um, <laughs> no i finally learned to self-suck <laughs> self-suck that is so great. tell me you wouldn't if you could I would never tell you that. Uh, <laughs> that was a weird way to say that, so you would. You just don't want to. Oh, that tickled me so much. I learned how to self-suck. Like you've been just, I just imagine you every Stretching. night. <laughs> Dear journal, 30 years in, I've done it. <laughs> oh God, well, he's never going on a date again now. Did you know that one of the first loves I had? We all know who you're talking about. Could suck his own dick. He showed me. Really? Yeah. Oh, such a rare gift. Yeah, he was like bendy. Uh, maybe bendier than most people who can self-suck, if I remember correctly about his um anatomy. His endowment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he definitely was going to have to work a little wow, harder. Wow, he could just bend right in half. Uh, getting back to the journal, what does sea stocking mean? Uh, it says sea stocking yeah, at Morrison. I think we just meant uh, we were going to a grocery store and getting snacks and goodies for our like nine days at sea that were coming up to get to uh, America. Oh, the crossing. Yeah. I understand now. I have to sneeze. So I'm real emotional about it. <laughs> <laughs> On November 12th. Did you know? What? A sneeze is a tenth of an orgasm. That's what they say. <gasps> okay. Here's a weird thing. I thought this would spur something. <laughs> On this hike the other day, I was um, talking to my girlfriends about there's this weird thing that happens sometimes when I'm exercising and it was happening during that hike where you kind of tap into this um, this feeling kind of in your muscles where you're pushing really hard through something and there's there's almost like an overlap between a pain and a pleasure center. So oh. like you're, you're pushing. Well, there is. They're very close. Yeah. But like you're pushing really hard. Like I was, we were near the peak of this mountain and we were pushing really hard. It was like a, a, a really hard uphill climb. Mm-hmm. It was almost pleasant, this this feeling like deep in my muscles. And it the only thing I can liken it to is like the hint of an orgasm, like a sneeze. You feel it deep in like your nervous system where it feels really good. And you're like, I can keep pushing through this because it almost feels good. It's not like a full orgasm. It's like coming up the mountain. <laughs> She'll be coming up the mountain, leaving snail trail. <laughs> oh, he's about to have another tenth of an orgasm. <laughs> A third of an orgasm. <laughs> you know, you know where, like, when you say you have an orgasm, you can't say where it feels good. Your whole body, like, rocks. You know what I'm talking about? Like, try to describe or draw a picture of an orgasm of where you feel it. Like, it's like an aura thing. It's huh. like your whole body. I'm not. I'm trying to remember it. It's been so long since I've had an orgasm. It's been probably eight hours. It's been like 15 minutes. I went to the bathroom. <laughs> <already>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Stop uh, jerking off in my sink. Oh, isn't your bad? Um, <laughs> You're an awful friend. Um, I, I'm trying to think of it though. I can't. I I want to say that you feel it like in that same kind of pit of your stomach where you'd feel if you got punched in the balls or like you know that kind of yeah. But think about it; it like irradiates like through your whole area body. You I know guess what you're I mean? right. Yeah, there, there's a weird thing that I would like someone to describe to me why sometimes I get it when I'm lifting weights. I can keep pushing this weight because it almost feels good, like deep in my body. I need you to stop being one of those people who gets orgasms from exercise. <laughs> I think it might be part of the maybe it's part of the endorphins. You know, how people say you get runners, runners high. high? Literally an NPR report this morning was talking about runner's highs. No shit? Yeah. Never have experienced that because I hate running so fucking much. But people talk about it. Like they get like euphoric because of the the, uh, endorphins. Maybe that's why people get addicted to running. People love marathons Mm. so much. My sister's run a bunch of marathons. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And isn't that surprising? Yeah. No offense, Tara. It's only surprising (laughs) because someone in your family loves exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, enjoy the rest of this episode by yourself later camp (laughs) i decided not to leave i'm here still (laughs) i talked him off the ledge he realized that walking out of here was actually going to be exercise so (gasps) (laughs) that's still and now i'm going again (laughs) but very slowly because as you said i don't like to move (laughs) november 12th that day reminds me of something (laughs) <laughs> uh seville how are, you're there a fucking lot i've been to seville a good amount of times thanks to the screws sevilla sevilla i love it uh, as we know is that what it says in there capital l-o-v-e the city <laughs> i do up i just and, had such fun times up and out early alcazar starbucks and mexican with kick and mick I was listening to something else last night about uh, a travel writer who lived in Japan for 30 years. He specifically writes about travel in Japan, and he had really good insight. You see the world through a much less jaded lens when you're going to a different country. Like, we don't see, if you're visiting New York, you don't see the trash and the, you don't smell the smells, and you don't see the crowded streets. You It's all magic. Mm-hmm. When you live there, that, that fades oh, away. Oh, sure, yeah. So you're able to just see the enchanting parts of all the places mm-hmm. that that are always there whether you live there or not, but you put on your travel filters and allow just the joy to come in. So uh-huh. like it's just, it just puts you in the, traveling puts you in the right perspective to see the world that's more beautiful. That makes so much sense. I also, I feel like that's in so many different ways in life. Like um, I think about moving into a house, uh, for example. You go to see houses and all you see, if you're looking to move, whether it's rental or you're buying a place or whatever, all you see is potential. Mm-hmm. You, It is really hard to take the gloss of potential off that moment and look at like the nitty gritty and see things that need work or things that are not how you yeah. would particularly like them or whatever. And then you live there for a while. Or if you're exploring a new neighborhood, you're like, I want to live here. This neighborhood's perfect. Mm-hmm. And then you realize every day when you're walking to the train, you're like, oh, that's – look at this shitty block <laughs> or look at this really beautiful thing even, you know, that totally. you don't necessarily see – the first time it's it it's like you're nearsighted when you're seeing things for the first time or experiencing them yeah. in a certain moment or when and you're, you're excited when you're, yeah you're yeah when you're excited excited lens yeah actually that reminds me of korea i was asking everyone in the world about going to korea remind us oh so this is when you had the job and or you had the job offer this is when i had the job offer for korea and oh. i was asking anybody who would listen literally probably dozens of people uh-huh. i was like i have this job and i describe it and be like should i do it and they're like yeah sounds great but I kept asking because I didn't want to do it. I wanted someone to say, no, don't do it. Anyway. This is a throwback to episode one. Yeah. We talked about this in the very, very beginning of this so podcast. I was talking to H, um, my friend from studying abroad. H was like, listen, it's not going to be all like tuk-tuks and riding elephants. Because I was like, I'll be in Asia and I can go 
to all these places. And she's like, sure, maybe for a week you can go on a vacation. But like, there's a job here. Yeah. And I wasn't seeing that at all. I was just seeing, it was like, here are the, I was giving myself the highlights and uh-huh. not including any of the actual day-to-day life. That uh-huh. would be most of what I was doing. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm really doing this for the wrong reasons. Yeah, for sure. Also, no tuk-tuks or elephants in Korea. So. No, but I meant like I would be <laughs> no, I know. in a place. Yeah, you, you got me. Zipping over to Southeast Asia for like a weekend trip or whatever. Like that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's really wise counsel for someone who was also like your age at the same time. Like that's a good amount of perspective. Yeah, for someone who I had to explain why she needed to change my sheets after she had sex in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Is this the same one that left pee in the shower? Sure is. She's God damn it, she's H. Cannon. <laughs> I was on a little weekend trip when I was living with H, and I had the time in my life. And when I get back, I was locked out of my apartment. Nobody was home. It was just like a nightmare. I didn't have a cell phone. And then when I finally get inside, my sheets are all pulled up because H had had sex in my bed. All pulled up. They were like not on the bed. They were kind of like crumbled on the bed. Oh, okay. Because H had had sex in the bed. And she's a whole, she was in a bunk bed and I was not. So like, that's fine, honestly. But she pulled them up to be like, I will wash these later, but then didn't wash them and I'm home. And so I just have a crumbled mess of semen crusted sheets on my bed. And I was, and after already being at a low, it wasn't one good. That is poor roommate form. There's a, a rare angry version of me that. Very few people have seen. Michaela knows him well. <laughs> have you seen me be angry? Um, I've seen you be really upset, but I don't think I've ever seen you get like mad. You've seen me like down, uh-huh. but like, oh yeah, there's like a furious me. I was a, I feel like I had rage problems when I was like a toddler. When I was very little, I was very angry and I, I feel like I got most of that out when I was little. But sometimes toddler just boils sometimes, to the surface. Yeah, he just comes back. Um, <laughs> rage filled toddler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I was honestly a nightmare. I'll let my mom talk about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, this I remember standing in the street when I was locked out and I don't know how the sheets work into this, but this night I just was screaming fuck in the middle of the street in my little borough in London. Wow. That's ugly behavior. Very ugly. Uh, the city of Paris to me was almost completely ruined um, because I, I get tantrumy when I'm underfed and underslept. Mm-hmm. I am a toddler. That is a, that is common for most. Hungry and tired, we'll do it. And I really, really need sleep. Like, I get eight hours every single night. If I don't, I feel tired. If I get much less than that, I get ragey. Um, And I was backpacking in Europe with my uh, ex-boyfriend, and we were going from, we were flying from Ireland to Paris. And it was, the flight we got was, like, middle of the night, and we had to take a bus at, like, oh, midnight. nightmare travel. Took off at, like, 4 a.m. or something. It was <laughs> so awful trying to sleep in an airport. Got into Paris super early in the morning and we like trying to navigate the Paris subway system the first time it's very confusing mm-hmm. and it, you know we we had walked underground forever came up somewhere we weren't supposed to be at all had to find our way like into the Latin Quarter finally like checked into our uh our hostel and I was so just shitty and angry and tired all I wanted to do was sleep but we needed really badly to eat and so we got out on the street and we um, we were on backpacker budget and we were in this area of town where everything. So you had one quarter. <laughs> everything was, uh, everything that was open was really pretty pricey. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were trying to eat on a budget, just trying to find breakfast. And all I wanted was food. And we kept going up and looking at menus at places. And it was like a fancy sit down breakfast. And I remember being like, I mean, just rageful, like the dark oh, black cloud ugly. of mad, yeah. like, like. I just hate food, like yelling. And we, I'm getting uncomfortable we, like, thinking of it. I hate we, these angry versions of ourselves. We turned a corner and there was 
I can't remember what it's called. It was uh, like French McDonald's pretty much. It was like French fast food. McDonald's is what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It wasn't McDonald's, but it was like shitty French fast food. And we went in and ordered it. And I was so mad. I'm like, I'm in Paris. I'm so angry, tired, hungry. And my first meal is going to be fucking fast food. Like mm. felt so gross. I just wanted like a baguette, you know? And so what'd you call me? Um, <laughs> there you go. I, the wheel was turning inside. I couldn't get there. <laughs> I'm just going to tell your jokes for you. Um, anyway. Got that shitty hamburger, and it was rough. But then we left, and we turned the corner, and there was, like, this beautiful cathedral in the morning sunlight. And I was like, oh. I was like, I love this city. (laughs) All it took was a calorie. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I have the exact same story. Oh, really? Very similar with H. Oh. The same. When I was studying abroad, we went to Paris for a weekend, and she had lived in Paris, and she was a little kid, so she knew it a little bit and spoke French. And... We are all grumpy as fuck, terrible travel, hungry and tired. She's leading us through the Paris subways and already, you know, sometimes she was unreliable for something. So I was like, I love you, but good Lord, this better pay off. Uh-huh. She's like, just come on. And as a group of us, we we finally like walk out of the subway, turn the corner and we come to the side of the Eiffel Tower where there's that like big plaza and the uh-huh. sun is literally rising behind it and there's nobody there. It was just us watching this happen and it was fucking magic and we got a croissant and a cafe au lait or whatever and she was like see we were like okay you're worth something (laughs) (laughs) there i mean there's something you see the sights of paris for the first time and it's magic and i I saw it just at the right moment right when like my blood sugar was normalizing again (laughs) i was like i am living my best life yeah (laughs) my ex-boyfriend was like his head was spinning because i had gone from rage monster Mm -hmm. to like we're so lucky in the course of 10 minutes he was like i cannot handle you right now (laughs) the power of hunger and yeah. sleep deprivation but we are all just like little needs-based toddlers at heart you know when our needs aren't being met we can turn into awful people also love love that your boyfriend was handling you i say that about you to me all the time i, I thank you for you always you always make no deal of it but i'm like thank you for handling me because i oh. often exhaust myself and i'm like how do you deal with this uh i find you to be a joy you're my friend that's so sweet um so Sorry, going back to the journal, I, I think you mentioned this before, but um, you said uh, Kick and Mick, I'm just going to call them that because that's what you wrote here. Kick and Mick, they checked into their hotel, which is where you stayed when you were 16. So they were staying in a hotel in Seville? Yeah, we had an overnight, so just to get away from the ship for a minute, get away from the roommate and have sex that's not in a twin bed. Yeah, okay. I imagine their sheet situation was similar to what H left you in your room once they got out of that hotel room. Are you insinuating they cover it and... Yeah, it was crusty. That's all I'm saying. Break that blanket in half. (laughs) Boys are disgusting. Uh, Second to last voices. And then you were back off for meds and air. Meds. McD's. McD's. Speaking of McDonald's, back off from my meds. Hey, we're winding down here. Second to last voices. It's almost over. Uh, November 13th. Don't. Something about that. Don't. (laughs) Sound check meetings and last, who wrote the stars? Nope. Who wrote the song? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, All the lasts. What's going to happen here is when we finish up the shows, half of our cast is going to leave. One of the J's, Kay and Anton and Ola are all going. And where are they going? They're done. Their contract is over. The other four of us have um, are contracted for another month for when the next cast comes on, we transition them. The next cast Uh will be doing the shows. We will only sing white night to like help them adjust and we will do all those like little activities so they don't have to worry about that while they're getting the ship on its oh that's a pretty easy month isn't it yeah it was awesome it was we didn't do shit and we were just on vacation for a month it was great getting paid 
Yeah. And that's when Michaela and I, we had to change rooms because we gave the new cast our rooms. Oh. So we just went into guest rooms and Michaela and I moved in together and we put Jay and Argentina, a couple of the mean girls together. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. We were like, deal with each other. See how you like it. <laughs> oh, I really like that. Okay. So that's a little bit light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Glad to know that's coming. Um, because on November 13th still, you get so angry in ship and so happy off. Seville is my favorite port. Managed a couple hours off with DJ Matt, Kick, and Michaela. Oh, great. What a good team. Yeah. Um, ooh, November 14th. You're circling things again. Oh, God. Severely annoyed at my... Severely? So... I've, before I've boxed it in and I've underlined it, I've highlighted it, and now I just need to write severely. Uh-huh. You I, still need a fucking thesaurus. I was going to say it. You're right. <laughs> What's it? Can we look up another word? I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Please do. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. Okay, Mike, read the list from the thesaurus, and then from now on, we're editing in new words for annoyed. Sounds like a whole lot of work. Um, we'll, yeah. We'll have our intern have do it. <laughs> I'm also the intern. <laughs> um, synonyms for annoyed include affronted, galled, hateful, nettled, Slow offended. Slow down. Out- leave space so we can edit these back in later. You're, you're really going to make me do that? Yes, bitch. Agitated, <laughs> blustered, browbeaten, chafed. Okay, I'm bored. Yeah, me too. Just edit all that out. Ooh, November 14th. You're circling things again. Oh, God. Severely browbeaten at the two activities everyone else has to my seven tomorrow. So you're doing literally more than three times the activities other people have to do. Yeah, that's that's annoying. crazy. Seven activities. I think it was it honestly was just a lack of planning by the person in charge of assigning them. Um, I was like, okay, I uh, forgot. Whoops. Okay, so you get all the. You know what I mean? Just- yeah. Uh, two of the Mean Girls have it very easy, um, and you had good. Today I had mm, this is not a sentence. See day one today, good gym and eating. See day one, meaning we're going to have a bunch of them. Oh, I understand. Okay. November 15th, you're complaining more. You say sea days will be torture. So you have a really good uh, outlook. really good outlook on this. Sea days are a nightmare for anyone with claustrophobia. You're like stuck on the ship. And uh-huh. I was like, that's not me. But kind of. I once did one of those little like caverning um, things. Like, like spelunking? No, like indoor, in, um, it was like a team building activity where you had to help each other through a, like a completely black maze. It was like caving, but manufactured oh, inside. Oh, I would not like that at all. I'd freak out. You had to climb through a little like triangle frame to see if you could fit for the smallest thing in the walls. It, it was a maze but inside the walls of like a rock climbing gym. Oh, okay. But very tiny as though you were. Where the fuck was this? That sounds so bizarre. Upstate New York. Okay. Um, horrifying. I was like, oh, I'm not claustrophobic. I can do this. I, one point was like deep breathing. Like I can't, this is, and you had no choice. You had to figure it out. It's completely black. You just Ooh. have to crawl and feel and there's dead ends. Then you had to turn around. It was so terrible. Now I don't like tiny spaces. Get a little overwhelmed. I, I would, was, I would just, I feel like I would just scream until someone turned on the lights and let me out. That's awful. I was close to it. The only time I've ever had what I would consider a true panic attack is when in high school we were joking around and uh, some friends put me like I put myself in the trunk of a friend's car for we were going to play a joke or something. And I got in there and they closed the trunk and I flipped my shit like a true like banging around like gonna break myself or something like flipped out could not handle it. That's how the movie Jawbreaker begins. Ew. What is that? Jawbreaker? No. Yeah. Oh, it's like a complete blank. No idea. It's like a, a la Mean Girls it's, or like Heather's. Um, it's 
Never Rose, seen Heathers. You ever seen Heathers? That's put that on your list. Okay. It's Rose McGowan. Um, oh yeah. She is the meanest of mean girls, and they play a prank, quote unquote, on their friend, quote unquote. <laughs> so many quotes. So many end quotes. <laughs> quote, 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 quote. <laughs> and they stick her in the trunk. They like kidnap her for her birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> And the meanest girl puts a jawbreaker in her mouth to keep her from screaming, and she obviously chokes and dies, and that's where oh. the movie begins. It's it's a black comedy. Oh my god! Yeah, Whew. that just made me feel a little uh, clammy. I didn't like it at all. Um, on November sixteenth, you were in Tenerife. You could only get off for a couple hours because <laughs> of a drill. Um, you just walked and got McDonald's and snacks for sea days. I'm assuming just the snacks for sea days. You weren't saving McDonald's for sea days. Got, it Rationing wasn't going to go bad. Fries. <laughs> November 17th. You're at sea. It's an easy-ish day. Easy-ish. Prete- pre- prepare yourself. Two Danzares at night. Done with Danzare. Now I'm officially Danzare. You are fucking Danzare. I never have to say that again. Flourishes are done. It's winding down. Oh, I'm excited. Actually, it's going to be weird to... Um, Get off the ship. Yeah, and we're this feels like American Horror Story. It's kind of the same cast of characters, but we're going to be in a new location and like new roles. This is the longest chunk we'll ever see me in this journal in one spot. Yeah. And after this contract, it's like mostly six weeks in a place at a time, six weeks of characters and moving on. Yeah. What is the what is the word for that? That your life is very um, transient. Yeah, maybe transitional. Yeah. Um, it's gotten much I, I more. I want to say mercurial, but that's the wrong kind of up and down um there's gonna be lots of change and transition november 19th um it was very rough seas get me to land um double voices journal come on journal come through get me there double voices because guest entertainer vomited (laughs) live theater folks (laughs) uh and then also no anton and olga because it was too dangerous oh yeah so um, these two. They were the dancers? These were the two who did not run in the airport to catch the flight and were like, I'll get there when I get there and uh-huh. were give no shits, but the best people. Yeah. Ukrainian. Yeah. They were, it was very rocky seas and they're the ballroom couple and they're doing dangerous stuff mm-hmm. and uh, we're on for two shows that we didn't expect to do and they said to our boss, it's too dangerous, we're not doing the show and the boss says, no, this show is happening and they go, okay. So we're doing the show. It's like fully acapella. It's mostly about the singing. And you really wouldn't notice if the two of them didn't do the show for the most part. Um, Until this one section, we are doing our um, doo-doos. And uh, not doo-doos. Like non-verbal singing. Yeah, just scatting. Oh, man. Doo-doo and scat all in one. Wow. Was that, like yeah. he's he's come to some great realization. You should see his face right now. <laughs> I think that was intentional on those people. Scatting is a legit jazz term. Doo-doos, like people know what I say if I'm singing in doo-doos. And those are both um, poop humor. <laughs> Thanks for connecting those dots that everyone understood right at the right at the jump. I'm just wondering if that was you know, if that was strategically thought out or it just happened. Uh, definitely thought out for sure. Cool. Anyway, it is. This very, very dramatic music uh, set up for a tango. And it's the only part in the show where these two are featured. The, all the singers are in a circle in the dark. So you can't see us. Spotlights are going crazy. <laughs> like, Spot. Like automated spotlights. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're just staring at each other. And the spot stops where the dancers are supposed to show up. And um, 
debate. Just didn't. So <laughs> instead, it's just they're, they're backstage, not even in costume, feet up, just like sucks yep. for them. <laughs> so uh, we instead just awkwardly acapella accompanied a really boring light show. <laughs> so naturally, we were super unprofessional about it and just sitting there looking at each other, cracking our shit up. And oh, that's hilarious. Just, yeah, and. I love. Did they get in trouble for not going on? Nope. Okay. They, well, I mean, you shouldn't. I think I've mentioned this before, maybe on this very podcast, but on this very podcast as opposed to my other ones, I have, uh, um, I went to college with someone who uh, was, she did cruise ships for years. She like went to college for a year, got hired on a cruise ship, did it for years, met her husband, and then came back to finish her degree. Oh, wow. Um, after she kind of aged out, she did it for like, I don't know, maybe like five or seven years, made a ton of money and came back and... Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, they went up for like a split leap and came down and the ship had moved. Yeah. And so the stage wasn't where they thought they were going to be for the for when they landed because um, it was just a rocky ship. It's very dangerous. Yeah. And like like very, very like all the time. It yeah. had a major injury because of just a, a, a simple rocky ship. They were right to not do it. And honestly, I think some people were mad at Argentina at this point. He's a dance captain. He should have. Instead of making the cast members put their feet down and not do it by themselves, he should have stood up and been like, nobody's doing this. It's not safe. Sure. That makes sense. Um, anyway, they didn't. I well, love their balls. <laughs> love them too. Well, I love their balls. <laughs> On November 20th, it was an easier day. Guests are getting miserable. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> because of the crossing. Oh, yeah. We had so the ship. We have these guests who stay there months and months. There's people who have been there nearly as long as I've been on this contract. So they know all like the little activities we do all the trivias we do they know all the answers they know all they know everything oh shit and they're still like coming to these events and we have nothing new to provide them and that's what i mean they're just and they're like they let it be known i'm like this uh-huh. fucking 23 year old this like 60 right. year old rich people are like fuck you make this better i'm uh-huh. like i don't know what to tell you <laughs> also get under the ship aren't crossings uh really cheap can't, isn't that like a, a cheap, like undesirable cruise? I I'm, I think in, for maybe, some reason, I think I almost did a crossing on one of the ships you were on because it was like the oh, much cheaper cruise. I don't know. I don't know the prices. Okay. That's a big regret I have. Not being, not being able to get you on that last ship I did. That would have been fun. Uh, it would have been really fun. It just wasn't on the cards. Um, so guests were being miserable. You hosted. Yeah, they were nasty. They would yell at you. <laughs> tell me what this means. And I, we can bleep this name if we need to. Hosted table where Sheila moaned about solos. Who the fuck oh. is Sheila? <laughs> Sheila was just a solo traveler and moaning about the solos was moaning about the, the treatment. She was just like, you know, complaining about not enough solo person's activities oh. or whatever. But that sounds like she didn't get enough solos in her set. <laughs> I mean, her, That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, all I remember about her, which is super random, is I had a dinner with her and she was wasted and Michaela and I were there and she was talking about a song we did. She was like, I love that one. You guys do. I got a rhythm. I got a rhythm. I got a rhythm. I got rhythm. I got a rhythm. <laughs> That's all that goes. Yeah. We were like, uh-huh. She it went on forever. <laughs> she sounds like a fucking delight. Um, also, you had a nice, long-deserved nap. You poor overworked thing. I know. I deserve this nap. <laughs> you know what? I'm doing this for me. It's because you have rhythm. Still got rhythm. <laughs> I got rhythm. Rhythm. <laughs> Is that dead yet? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, so dead. Uh, November 21st. 
Fucking Argentina's back with a bang. Not in a good way. Not a literal bang? Not a literal bang. Argentina told me I'm the worst roommate and he is uncomfortable in here with me. I feel the same to him. He is heartless, cold, and miserable. He's a true villain at this point. I think I think that statement's been justified by a lot of what we've said before. He's yeah, been he's doing garbage. a lot of shit. I obviously this is a one-sided journal. I didn't get his perspective in here, so surely I was doing things too that were annoying. But I I think we there was just a fundamental incompatibility and that's just what it was. You're just not meant to get along with everybody. Yeah. And I I do try and generally can do okay getting along with most people you get along easily with most people i've seen it this was like a very special situation um unlike anything else in in the future even i don't know this is strange to be so weirdly mingled like we hated each other we're having sex we're stuck together for so long we don't get along we it's a language barrier it was like a it was a lot going on Mm -hmm. but I hate that we were at this point so late in the contract because you just want to be like nostalgic and have fun and finish it out strong. But yeah, well, you only have a few more nights with them, though. Yeah. Like what? What good is going to come from telling your roommate for that you have for four or five more nights? You're the worst roommate ever. I'm also wondering what it was that made Argentina think I'm the worst roommate ever. Just my personality, because I think I'm general like being considerate of how I clean up my shit. We have a maid anyway. I don't know. You guys just had really bad chemistry together. His threshold for roommates is pretty low because I've had some terrible fucking roommates. Uh, I mean, you've had a lot of them too. I've had living in New York. You've had like, oh yeah, so, like very living in New York. Transient. And, <laughs> yes, and every contract I've had. Um, oh, I mean, shit, yeah. Not just this is particularly hellish because we're sharing our room. Yeah, but I've had a lot of like housemates. Uh huh. I think, I think I counted once. I think I'm over forty at this point. Jesus, that's I, a lot of people. It's so many. Um, my dad once said to me, I was complaining. I was like, oh, his roommate is whatever. It was like one of my first ones out of college. And he was like, you have a lot of complaints about different roommates. It's like, is it the roommates? I was like, oh, <laughs> valid. Um, I'm glad you thought it was valid. It just sounds kind of hateful. Yeah, it was a little, it was hateful. But, <laughs> but also there's a point to that. I'm like, oh, am, am I the common denominator? Uh-huh. Maybe I have an unattainable standard and maybe I'm not giving the same standard you've also had you've had so many of them i mean well i guess that was college but you've had so many of them like there's no chance that all of them would be would be great you know yeah yeah Um, i've had yeah think about all the fucking horror stories of people um you know freshman year of college of like Mm -hmm. luck of the draw roommates my worst roommate situation was definitely the one that i was telling you last week when i was stuck sharing a bathroom and a floor (sighs) with my former best friend who refused to even look me in the eye let alone speak to me that was so awful that's tough but also um when we were living in virginia the summer that we worked together Mm -hmm. um i was living with my ex-boyfriend and two girls uh one who to this day i would i I love and i would love to see again another one however we were really close at the beginning of the summer and then something happened i think maybe she got depressed so i think there may have been a bit of a mental health issue but the most while I was in it, it was the most baffling thing I've ever been or I've ever witnessed because me and my ex-boyfriend who you know he is like the most mild-mannered likable human in the world yeah um get along with any with anyone she just stopped talking to us like <sighs> hated us wouldn't like we would try to talk to her in the kitchen she just would ignore us completely mm. I that tried seems like more her than you though right? yeah but in the in the moment I was consumed by it I because I, I was living with her we worked we would carpool a lot and stuff and I just 
she wouldn't, I would ask her like, did I do something to upset you? You know, like what is going on? Roommate drama is so heightened compared to every, compared to work drama or any other situation because you are forced with these people. It's your downtime. Your, your respite time is with these people. So you get no escape. So whatever it is, is tenfold. We would be home and she would all, she would just lock herself in a room and she would come out and like go to the kitchen and then lock herself back in a room. And she would never like, we felt like we couldn't even really be like mm-hmm. joyful or enjoy, you know, like like be in our own home. But as far know? as bad roommate situations go, that's like a nice one. Great, lock yourself away. Then I don't want to. I guess that's true. And don't be like that in the center of the social area. Uh huh. And it may have been that we were doing something that annoyed her, but it we would have been very open to changing our behavior if she would have just talked to us about it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I have no idea what it was. Like, like you said, it was probably more her than me. I for, I've not thought about this in years. It was so uncomfortable. Hated being home. There's yeah, there is no end to roommate horror stories, and we're gonna come up with so many of them in this journal. Oh my I God, promise. Send us your roommate horror stories. Oh, I want to yeah. know about them. Me too. My mom writes in. My mom's having a hard roommate situation right now. Oh, I'm not gonna mention who my mom's roommate is, but I'll give you a few few clues. She gave birth to my mom. <laughs> she <laughs> may or may not have a racism problem. <laughs> she may or may not be a uh... elderly con artist. <laughs> And her nickname sounds like Shmishmo. Shmibo. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it is, though. My mom is having trouble with her anonymous roommate. <laughs> Shmibo. I love it so much. I think um, anyone will be able to figure out who I mean. I don't know. I really hope people send us awful roommate stories because that sounds like really fun to read. Um, and if you're living with a racist relative <laughs> who's making your life miserable, please let us know. Or living with your fuck buddy who you hate. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Your fuck buddy who you hate. That is very specific. <laughs> what do you mean? All right. I doubt we got anything that specific in our <laughs> inbox, but did we hear from any listeners this week? Sort of specific. One guy told me he also says qualm the way I say it. He thinks it might be a Cuban thing because he's also got a Cuban parent. Oh, two maybe. Parents. Eh, who knows? Yeah, I'll take anything to justify my <laughs> speech impediment. Thank you. And uh, then we got another guy who was on a road trip. So he said he was marathoning our show, which awesome. I suggest you do it. <laughs> Get in your car and drive and listen to us. Be happy to keep you company on your road trips. Totally. And anyway, he said he was in a very rural part of the country at about episode six, and he happened to be hearing you talk about feeling like an other at a think a Taco Bell. Oh, when I was in New Mexico. Yeah, when you felt felt like like I was just uh, yeah sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah, like all eyes were on you and your gayness. Uh Um, And he said he could completely commiserate with you and he was like is this a coincidence or <laughs> something greater we were part of nothing great <laughs> <laughs> anyway speaking of road trips should we hit the road okay fuck off okay my goodness yeah we have to end with that aggression <laughs> i'm not here for your corny outros all right well then cam is in no mood to podcast anymore so quick tell the people where they can get more of us i'm hangry and underslept <laughs> I don't know if that's actually a word, but I say it all the time. I'm underslept. Have, maybe have I, did I make that up? You're also underslapped. Let me help you with that. <laughs> don't touch me. Uh, <laughs> Quarter in the touch jar. Pretend we touch. <laughs> Where can they find oh, us? Oh fuck yeah! Ooh, Nobody knows. Uh, yeah, uh, find us on social media at MBFJ Podcast. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find us at mybestfriendsjournal.com or email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. And until next time, always remember... 2019. Self-sucking's on the menu. <laughs> well, that's enough self-sucking for one episode, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs>